Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glad you're here today. Now turn back to them and say, you're going to have to think today. I hate to challenge you with that, but you're going to have to think today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is important. Faith is extremely important. I heard this story about three young men who grew up together and they had the birthday all within one week. Each one of them had their birthday with one, one week of each other. So they went through grade school together, middle school together, high school together. And at age 20, they always kept this birthday celebration uh, going. So at age 20, they got together again. They, they've been out of high school for a few years. And they said, well, let's go down to the restaurant by the river and celebrate our birthday because they have pretty waitresses down there. So a few years later, 25 years later, they returned when they were 45 to celebrate their birthday together again. And they said, let's go down to the restaurant by the river because the food is really good there. (laughs) 20 years later, when they turned 65, they came together again on their birthday week and said, let's go down to the restaurant by the river because they have handicapped parking really close to the front door together. And 20 years later, they came back to celebrate their birthday together, and they're 85 now, and they said, let's go down to the restaurant by the river because we've never been there before. <laughs> well, it's good to remember, right? Keep your mind focused. It's important to remember how important faith really is because before we were ever called Christians, we were called believers. Before we were ever called Christians, We were called believers. And believing means that you believe, right? So faith secures God's approval. And without faith, we cannot please God. If you were here last week, we talked about Romans chapter 5, verse 2, that faith gives us access. Faith opens up the doors for us. Faith opens the door for the miraculous for us. Faith opens the door for the promises of God for us. Faith allows us to step through and step in and go forward. If we believe, then we are so much better than unbelief. Because unbelief maximizes our fear and diminishes our potential. So if we are believers, then we are pleasing God. Let me tell you how important faith is. Do you remember when Paul has given us the armor of God in Galatians? Look there in chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, say it with me, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil or the wicked one. Now he gives all of these attributes of your armor, but then he says above all, above what? Above all the other, take on the shield of faith because faith is so important and with faith we police God. Let, Let me tell you how important faith is. I want to give you 11 things very quickly of how important faith is. You can't even be saved without faith. You have to have faith to be saved. You you can't live victoriously over the world without faith. You cannot please God without faith. You cannot effectively pray without faith. You cannot have peace with God without faith. 
You cannot have true joy without faith. You are justified by faith and not by works. You live by faith. You're made righteous by faith. Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. And the Holy Spirit is received by faith. Hey, faith is very important. And the, the Word of God says every man, every person is given the measure of faith. Now what you do with that faith is up to you and it's up to me. But faith is like a muscle. The more we exercise it, the bigger and stronger it gets. So what happens if you and I exercise our faith? What happens if hundreds and hundreds of people here this morning say, I'm going to step up my faith a little greater. What could happen through us, among us, and with us? Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? That God could use us in a much greater way and Jesus would say to people he healed, be it according to your faith. So it's not just up to the Lord. How many of you know a lot of it is up to us? Faith is important because it honors God and when God is honored, then God is pleased. You're in Hebrews 11. I want you to look at verse 4. Now I want to just... Uh, give you a little uh, preamble here to this, if you'll allow me. The writer of Hebrews is, is writing to Jewish believers, to the Hebrews, okay? To Jewish believers, and he's telling them how much better Christ is than the old law and the old covenant. He begins by saying, Christ is better than the angels. He's better than the prophets. He's greater than the law. He's greater than the old traditions. He's greater than this and he's greater than that. And then in chapter 11, it's kind of building this crescendo of giving us this element of faith, not by works but by faith. He begins by saying what faith is, the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen or unseen. Faith is taking that which is out in the future, believing it as it is today so we can grasp it out there. So as we have faith... He says, it's not by works, it's not by the law, it's not by tradition, it's not by ceremony, it's not by Levitical order, it's by faith. Jesus is greater than the angels, he's greater than the, the priests, he's greater than the prophets, and we are moving toward this covenant, this testament, by faith. And the first one he uses, and this is amazing, to illustrate that this is faith, he takes the Old Testament heroes and says that they operated by faith. And the first one he uses is who? Abel. He begins to talk about Abel. Look with me. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered. Say that with me. By faith Abel offered. Now let's all say it together. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous God commending him by accepting his gifts, accepting his sacrifice, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Now, look at this. Abel offered, the word offered actually means brought. Abel brought something. Now, to bring something, he had to bring it somewhere. He brought it. Say that with me. He brought it. So he brought it somewhere. Matter of fact, let's look in Genesis where this verse actually appears, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock. So your attention, please, for taking notes. There was a place for worship and there was a place 
for sacrifice. There was a place for worship, and there's a place for sacrifice. Aren't you glad today you can worship anywhere? You can worship in your car driving to work. You can worship in the shower. You can worship before you go to bed. You can worship when you wake up. But aren't you glad that we can corporately come together in collective worship as the body of Christ and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as many people do, but we can come together and we can worship God. Amen? There is a place of worship. Now, where was that place of worship? Well, we really don't know, but I think we can glean some things from Scripture. You do know Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, right? They were kicked out of the east side of the Garden of Eden because they fell into sin. They broke the commandment of God. There was only one, don't eat of this tree. Well, wouldn't that be good? Just had one thing you couldn't do of all the world? And uh, we goofed it up, right? So they ate of the tree. The Lord drove them out of the garden, the east side of the garden. And there he set a cherubim to guard the tree of life and the entrance into the garden. So your attention, there is a a glorious cherubim stationed at the east side of Eden preventing them to go back. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that was not the place where they brought the sacrifices to offer to God. And I wonder if that is the reason when the Lord told Moses to build the Ark of the Covenant over the mercy seat was the wings of the what? Of the cherubim. The wings of the cherubim guarded the mercy seat to where the blood was shed once a year. The high priest would go in and sprinkle the blood between the wings of the cherubim. Do you realize that Moses received that from heaven? He didn't think that up himself. I'm wondering if there was not an altar close to the east side of Eden that the wings of the cherubim protected. That was as close as Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, the very first family. It was as close as they could get to what they knew as the presence of God. So Cain and Abel both brought their sacrifice to God. Now, could it be this place was the forerunner of the mercy seat? Could this be the place of sacrifice? And, and I don't know, but it seems like they both knew it because they both brought. They came to a place. Not only is there a place of worship and a place of sacrifice, there's also a time of worship and a time of sacrifice. Now, notice what it says in that verse, in the process of time. Say that with me. In the process of time. So there was timing involved, right? Now, the word there in the Hebrew means end of days. So what does it mean? It means there is a countdown. There is an ending here. There is a appointed time that they brought their sacrifice. They brought their gift. They brought their offering. There seemed to be a certain time for sacrifice. Not only did Abel recognize it, Cain recognized it because they both came. They both came at the same place. They both came at the same time and for the same reason. They came to sacrifice. They came to worship. I wonder if that was their day of atonement. And you say, now wait a minute, Pastor Mike. How would Abel know where to come? How would he know what time to come? Well, according to Hebrews 11 and 4, it says, by faith, Abel brought. Right? 
Now, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Abel heard something because you can't have faith without hearing and hearing the word of God. Abel heard something. How did he know where to come? How did he know what time to come? Because he heard something. He responded to something. Did God tell them where to come? Did God tell them when to come? Or did Adam tell those boys? Boys, this is the way you do it. Boys, this is what happens. Not only was there an appointed place, not only was there appointed time recognized by these first families, there was also a way to worship. A way to worship. Now, when you look at Cain and Abel, there were two ways here. Notice, place a time away. The writer of Hebrews says that Abel brought and offered by faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have to have faith as you hear, as you move, and as you obey, because obedience is better than sacrifice. So what are they coming? They're coming to sacrifice. But I want you to see something here. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. Cain didn't bring that. You know what Cain brought? He brought the fruit of the labor of the ground. He's raising crops and fruit. He's raising things. Now, there's nothing wrong, your attention please, with bringing those things to God because under the Levitical order, they did bring those things. But they never brought them until first the blood was shed. The primary reason that we are saved is because of shed blood. We are saved through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Abel brings a lamb, probably, the first of his flock, and he brings it and he sacrifices it before God. God saw, God regarded, and it was counted to Abel, according to Scripture, for righteousness. Why? Because Abel, by faith, brought it. Abel was a believer. Now, could it be that Adam told Abel and Cain, this is the way and what you do? Because the very first sacrifice we ever have recorded in the Bible was given by who? God. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned and they hid themselves? Adam, where are you? I hid myself because I'm naked. And do you know the first attempt for them to cover their nakedness was by them? Now, we always say that... Uh, you know, they, they put fig leaves together, try to cover their nakedness, and God says, hey, that, that's not adequate enough, that's not good enough. So what did God do? God went and took an innocent animal, and he slew it, and he covered the nakedness of Adam and Eve with animal skins. It was the first recorded sacrifice, the shed blood of those animals to cover their nakedness. And it could be that Adam said, listen, Abel, listen, Cain, this is what God showed us what to do, how to do. So this is how you approach God. This is the sacrifice. You shed blood because it covers our sin, boys. But that's not what Cain did. Cain brought the fruit of the ground. He brought his own sacrifice. And I want you to see something here, that Abel did it by faith, and I believe Cain and Abel had the same information, don't you? And I'll tell you why. 
Because when Cain brought the fruit of the ground, notice, God did not respect his offering, nor did he respect his sacrifice. Now, that word respect means he did not regard it nor even look on it. Why would God, who is merciful, not even regard or look on Cain's sacrifice? Because God knew that Cain knew better. He knew that he should not do that. He knew that that's not what you bring. He knew that it was the shedding of blood that atones for sin and covers our sin. Can I hear an amen? amen. Cain becomes angry. But the Bible doesn't say God became angry. Matter of fact, God showed his grace. Let me show you something here. God responded to Cain by grace. He said, now Cain, why are you upset? You know if you do what's right, everything's going to be okay. You know if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. You know what to do. So he didn't say, okay, I'm done with you, Cain. He said, just do what's right. Do you realize we have a world today that mama can tell you what to do what's right? And daddy can tell you what to do what is right? And God can tell you what to do what is right and we still do wrong? Here we have Cain, the original rebellious son right here. Now, we can say Adam is because he was the son of God according to Scripture. But I want to tell you, in the first family, Cain is born first, then Abel. And I kind of think they thought Cain would be kind of a deliverer for them. Let me tell you why I think that. The first prophecy of the Bible says this, that the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. And when Cain is born, Eve says, I've got a man. I've got a baby. He's arrived. I think she's thinking, here is the one who's going to crush the head of the serpent that beguiled us and got us kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But how many of you know Cain wasn't the one? But she started the process that there was one coming. Do you know that when Abel offered that sacrifice... That is the first shadow and type of the blood of Jesus Christ that's going to be shed by Jesus for the atonement of sin for a man offering sacrifice. It's the first recorded place we have outside of God doing it in the Garden of Eden. Someone said, wherever you open this book, it bleeds the blood of Jesus. Doesn't it? Everywhere you open this book, it's all about Jesus, his sacrifice, our sin, his mercy, his grace. Cain, if you do what's right, it'll be okay. If you do what's right, Cain, I'll receive you. If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. God's grace. But if you don't, sin lies at the door. That word means sin is crouching at the door. It's like a wild beast, a wolf, a lion, a tiger, a bear, waiting to pounce upon you, Cain. Oh, friends, nothing's changed, has it? You know what happens? You and I go our way, we do our thing, we live our life. Sin is waiting at the door. Sin is crouching, waiting to jump. Cain is the first one that we have recorded in the Bible that says this, I'll do it my way. I'll do it my way. I'll live my life. I'll give you what I want to give you, God, but
but I'm not going to do it your way. God gave Cain the opportunity to, to go back, change, redo. Aren't you glad God is full of grace and mercy? Even then, God was full of grace, but Cain refused to give God what he knew he should have given God. That's why we say the theme song of hell is, I did it my way. And there's a lot of people going to be singing that song. Today, we still have people today saying, you can get to heaven many ways, get to God many ways. This religion's right, that religion's right, that religion's right. Do it your way. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me or through me. Friends, I'm going to stand on that, aren't you? He's the way. Abel, this is the way you do it. Why did Abel do it that way? According to Scripture, he did it by faith. He did it by faith. He believed this absolutely is the way you do it. Let me give you a verse, John 10, 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. Do not be like Cain. Say that with me. Do not be like Cain. Let's all say it. Do not be like Cain. You know what John is saying? Hey, watch it. Even though that was thousands of years ago, there's still the possibility we could be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. Do you realize there is still that struggle between good and evil? The first family felt it. The first murder in recorded history is right here. It's all because someone got upset because God didn't receive what they thought God would receive and God didn't receive it because he knew better. Do you realize when you and I stand in judgment, we will be without excuse? When, when Cain stood there, whether he was before that cherubim with the flaming sword, whether he stood at that altar, I'm telling you, Cain was without excuse because he knew better. And if he didn't know better, I'm going to tell you, God is not a righteous God, but God is a righteous God, and he's full of mercy and grace, as we see in the passage. But Cain rebelled against God, and now, thousands of years later, the Bible says, don't be like Cain, be like Abel. And this is a wonderful thing, too. Even though Cain slew Abel and murdered him, the Lord said in Hebrews that Abel was still speaking. That his righteous blood shed and spilled on the ground was still preaching, still testifying, still leaving a legacy. Aren't you glad if you walk by faith even after you're gone, you can still leave a legacy? You're still talking, you're still preaching, you're still sharing. You're, you're still influencing lives long after you're gone. So here Abel is, he's dead in God, but he's still speaking. Matter of fact, we're still talking about him today, aren't we? Why are we doing that? Because he walked in faith. By faith, Abel offered. The writer of Hebrews, when he talks about faith, this is the first thing he gives us as illustration. That Abel offered and worshipped by faith. God never wanted us to respond to him out of fear, rules, and regulations. 
Never. He wanted us just to trust him. Just trust him. Cain, just trust me. This is the way to do it. Abel trusted God. Cain did not trust God. Two different endings. Today, as you walked in here, you have two different endings. You either believe God trusts him or you don't. And let me tell you, it's not going to be good. Your ending is not going to be good. God never meant for you and I to have a relationship with him based on rules and regulations. He wanted us to have a relationship with him built on faith that we trust him. I, I, I shared this story in the early service. Sometimes people who are older than us and wiser than us can give us instructions. Now, we re refer back to the story of uh, Cain and Abel. Whether Abel received this from his dad or received it from God, he, he just believed that he did it. Cain probably thought, well, I can do it a different way. It doesn't make any difference what I do. Years ago, when Aaron and Matt were home, we, we raised cattle and ranch. And there's a place out uh, north of Warica Lake that, that we have. And I was taking our truck and trailer out there. And I have a one-ton Ford truck and a 30-something foot trailer we haul cattle in, it has three axles in it, so it's long. So the time you have a one-ton truck with a 37-foot trailer, and for me to get into that, that place, I have to make a big loop to get in. You, you got you with me? And there's a big wire gate there, and it's everything I can do to, to make that turn to get in there. So Aaron is opening the gate, and before he gets out, I said, now listen, Aaron, with this truck and this trailer, it takes everything I can have to, to get out of here. So what I need you to do is take the gate, this is a long wire gate, and I said, open it up, stretch it tight, and put it in the back of the other fence so I can get through here. Okay, Dad. But once I went through that gate, guess what? I hooked and I pulled loose as I went through the gate. So I pull through, I get out, I look back there, and I pulled the gate and ripped all the wire in the gate out. And I said, Aaron, did, did you pull it tight? Did you put it up against the fence? Well, I leaned it up there. I thought it'd be okay. You think we ever do that with God? I think we do. And I said, no, listen, I gave you strict instructions. Stretch it out. Put it in the other fence so I don't catch it and rip it up. So the next few minutes, guess what we're doing? Rebuilding the gate. Some of you... Right now, you're trying to rebuild some areas in your life because you didn't stretch the gate. And your heavenly father said, do it this way. God don't shout me down this morning. I'm just telling you, your rear ends hooked the gate. And now it's showing. I mean, uh, it, it's hooked the gate. And... Uh, and it's all because you didn't listen to the Lord. Why is Abel received and Cain's not? Because Abel heard, he responded in obedience, it became faith as he acted on what he knew, and God said, now Abel, you're righteous, but he didn't say that about Cain. But Cain had every opportunity to do the same. Cain becomes the first disobedient child, if you will, to say, God, I'm going to do it my way. 
And God would say, that's okay if you trust me, do it my way, and it will work. God never wanted us to have a whole list of rules and regulations of how we respond to him. He wanted us to respond to him out of love and trust. Let me show you how. Take your Bible very quickly. Turn with me to Genesis 15, verses 4, 5, and 6. Now, let me just back up. Chapter 12, God calls Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I want you to leave your uh, land. I want you to leave your family and take your immediate family, and I want you to go to Canaan. I'm going to show you this place that I have. Now, Abraham leaves with faith. He really doesn't know where he's going. He's never been there before, but he makes the journey, starting the journey. And he almost completely believed God. I mean, he did take some of his family with him, and that was probably a mistake. But anyway, that's another message and I'll preach it later but anyway from chapter 12 he begins the process now we're at chapter 15 and Abram hadn't had a son yet God says your seed is going to multiply your seed's going to be great it's going to it's going to be a, a wonderful thing but no baby I'm talking about years and years and years and years and years and years now Abraham comes to God and he says, well, since I don't have a, a child, maybe this one should be my heir. This one's going to be the one that's going to be my heir. Now, now the Lord speaks, verse 4. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Abraham, go outside, look up. So he left his tent. He looked out in the night sky. Listen, there's no street lights. There's no skyscrapers. There's no electricity. And the sky is vivid with stars. And Abraham begins to count. And even if you counted all night long, how many of you know, even that number would not be as many descendants as Abraham would have. And it was exactly the way God said. Now, the next verse is a powerful verse. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Do you realize this is the first time the word believed appears in your Bible? It's not the first person who believed, but it's the first time the word believed appears in your Bible. Hey, Abel must have believed because he had faith. Noah believed God because he built an ark. Enoch believed God because he was caught up. Abraham believed God because he left his land and he believed God right here. He believed the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God wanted us to believe him. To have a relationship of trust with him. We believe him. We trust him. Listen, God wants to give you a great ending. But you've got to believe him. You've got to trust him. You've got to walk with him. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try to manipulate or, or try to, to work the system. Trust God. Folks, God can work the system. Let him do the work. You just do the trusting. And if we trust him, that's how he wants to relate to us. Oh, but pastor, they had the Levitical order. They had the Ten Commandments. They had all the things you do with, with slaves and food and, and the way you dress and all that. Oh, I, listen, I know that, but that's not the way God started with mankind. It's not the way he started with us. 
He simply wanted us to believe him and trust him just like Abel did, just like Enoch did, just like Noah did, just like Abraham did. He, the writer of Hebrews says, this was never predicated on rules. It was always based on faith beginning with Abel. And guess what? Still is today. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what do we take away today? I'll give you four things. Write them down very quickly. When we believe God, we please God. When we believe God, we please God. Secondly, this walk should not be wrapped up in a list of do's and don'ts. Because if you believe and if you trust, you will do and it will keep you from the don'ts. If you believe God, if you trust God, if you walk in his way, it will keep you in the do's and it will avoid the don'ts. Here's the third thing. When we believe God and trust God, things will be much better for us. Much better for us. Well, how do you know that? Duh. Cain and Abel. Abel believed God. Cain didn't believe God. So here's one who left with a double curse. Your attention. They're already cursed from Adam's fall. They were living under the curse. When Cain disobeyed God and didn't bring what he should, Cain was cursed again. It's enough to live under one curse. And the only way the curse is removed for us is through Jesus Christ who became the curse so that you and I could be free. Those chains that were broken we heard about today, that, that, that's what we're experiencing today. But how would it be not just to live in a fallen world that's cursed, but to be cursed by disobedience? And lastly, rebellion, doubt, and fear will always have a negative outcome in your life. Always have a negative outcome in your life. That's why it's important for us to obey God. And no matter what those boys brought... Obedience is always better than sacrifice, right? Well, they did me wrong, or this is not right, or this is injustice. Listen, trust God. Be obedient. Walk in his ways. He'll take care of it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Have you ever seen God turn something around for you as you distrusted him? Absolutely. Do you ever see God go to bat for you when you just let him do it? Absolutely. Do you realize even though Cain slew Abel, God went to bat, if you will, for Abel. And Cain bore all of his life the misery and the regret of his sin. Aren't you glad we don't have to do that? Don't get hung up on the gate. Walk in faith. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Abel offered. What would happen right now if hundreds of us right here said, I'm going to step up my faith. Do you think greater doors would be open? We'd have greater access. We'd see the greater things of God, the moving of God, the miraculous of God, God touching lives. 
You say, well, Pastor Mike, that's up to God. Really? Because Jesus would go from city to city, and this is what he would say many times. Be it according to your faith. Be it according to your faith. So much of the responsibility is left up to us to believe. So this morning, I'm going to be a believer and not a doubter. Because when I'm a believer, guess what? I just please God. And I open up the door for me. And the door of the promises for me. And the door of the miraculous for me. And the door of access for me. If I just believe God. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.